0: It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast. This is the Drive Brew Ha Ha with Herlinda Harris. Cheers. And our in-studio guest, Tom Hart, co-owner of Humboldt Cider, and Peter Lopez, founder of NorCal Beer Geeks and Santa Rosa's Juncture Tap Room. Joining us on the phone right now from Chicago is the author of Beer for Dummies <laughs> and How to Judge Beer Like a Pro. His name is Marty Nachel. Marty, welcome to the Drive Brew Ha Ha.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Hey, Marty. How's it going? Well, Very well. Thank you,
2: Yesterday was uh, International Beer Judge Day, so we thought it was a good timing to uh, have you do a call-in and tell us about your books and um, some of the education stuff that you're doing.
1: And I celebrated. Did you?
2: Of course. I celebrate <laughs> International Beer Judge Day every day.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, she does. Ah, <laughs> So, Marty, if you were to simplify how to judge beer like a pro, give us a few basic spot points on what somebody should do when they want to judge beer like a pro.
1: Well, obviously, in order to be a good beer judge, you need practice.
0: (laughs) Okay, I got that one down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, it takes a little bit more seriousness than that. Uh, You have to know beer styles, and you have to know... Uh, you have to be familiar with different off aromas and flavors.
2: That's a big one. Um, that like I think that's one of the things I probably studied the most. Um, I can smell or taste. You know, anything it has its pros and cons. When something's you know really good, it's it's really great. And then when it's really bad, it's like oh my goodness, run! But getting the names for them, <laughs> you know, when I was studying and, stu- and I did some study groups with that when I you know because I'm a yeah, as you know I'm a beer judge as well. Um, mm-hmm. those those scientific names and mirror captain and diacetyl and things as well, putting a name to what's that smell <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that comes in handy, regardless of whether it's beer or not. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you've been involved in the craft beer industry for over 30 years as a home brewer, home brew supply shop owner, author, professional beer judge, brewery salesperson, corporate beer trainer, and beer educator. Where did your interest in beer first come from?
1: Uh, interestingly enough, back in uh, 1982, I'll try and keep this short, my wife and I were taking a long vacation, a long weekend uh, trip up to Toronto, and uh, we flew into town without any idea of what we were doing. And somebody suggested, well, have you taken a brewery tour before? Which I had not up to that point. And so we toured the Molson Brewing Company. And it was at that point in my life that I decided that I was missing out on something. And I needed to learn about it quickly. Never before had I ever tasted uh, beer so fresh. And never had I tasted it in so many different styles all in one sitting. So... That basically changed the course of my life.
2: So what's the most interesting, uh, in, where's the most interesting place that you judged? For me, it's probably Finland in the Saatik uh, style. Oh.
1: Interesting, yeah. Um, for me, it was South Africa. Um, yeah, the uh, while I was down there, I got to uh, try something uh, very indigenous. It's called Umkumbote, and I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. But it, It's an indigenous beer that's served by uh, local tribes. It's very interesting.
2: Is that one of the ones where, like, they, they chew the grain or the, <laughs> and then spit it into the bowl? Or I know it, that chicha it's they not do that. Quite
1: true. Yeah, it's not quite the same, but it's not too far off either.
3: (laughs) So if I could, uh, this is uh, Peter Lopez. And Marty, I've judged wine competitions. I've judged beer competitions in the past. And what's interesting is when I shifted from wine to beer, things that were not acceptable, things like, I mean, literally like winemakers put up a crucifix when it comes to Brett. Oh, yeah. And then you get these uh, (laughs) brewers that welcome it. And, you know, of course, like the smart ones like Firestone and, you know, uh, they're the first ones to come to mind because they have a second location that's dedicated just for those type of projects. So I just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about that and, you know, what what, what you think about, like – you know somebody like myself that's been in wine and beer, and I spend time. You know, I spent quite a bit of time just being confused by like, wait, this is terrible in wine, but it's good in beer. Like, like, what's up with that?
1: Well, since you mentioned Brett specifically, I, I even there are even brewers who are uh, not real anxious to jump into that pool either. Um, but Brett does present a very interesting diversion within the beer world. I mean, there are some very famous beers, especially out of Belgium, that are known to be uh, brewed, I'm sorry, fermented with that, or at least aged with Brett. I'm
2: in a beer geek alert real quick, and when they're talking Brett, they're meaning Britannomyces, which is um, another type of bacteria, but it makes things sour. uh, Kind of like the idea of acidophilus, I guess. And
3: you get a lot of, like, barnyard funkiness yeah. to it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, We have
2: people listening in their cars and at work, and uh, not just beer. <laughs> I thought
0: Peter said bread. What the heck does <laughs> bread have to do with wine
2: and beer? <laughs> well, the monks call it liquid bread. They used to, like, they will call a like, good, dark beer uh, liquid bread. But, yeah, for Tannomyces. So, so go ahead, Marty. Sorry.
1: Uh, no, I think I finished my thought. but, um, yeah, at first I thought I heard bread, too. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so, when you, eat, I mean, that... The series, the Dummies series, like there's a there's a dating for dummies. There's a bread baking for dummies. There's a something for dummies for every book. How did you end up mm-hmm. getting asked to do the beer for dummies? Because that's pretty cool. That's pretty prestigious.
1: I Well, first of all, I consider myself pretty lucky. I kind of fell into it. I was working with a book agent out of New York, and he had – we did my first book, which was called Beer Across America, which nobody ever heard of, so don't even bother asking. Um <laughs> But uh, he he had just gotten done working with the authors of Wine for Dummies, so as soon as that book was in the hopper, he got back to me and said, "Okay, we need to follow up immediately with Beer for Dummies." So we quickly put together a uh, a, a a presentation for the same uh, uh, book publisher, and it was accepted, uh, you know, quickly. And so we went ahead and did Beer for Dummies and. Three of the chapters in Beer for Dummies had to do with homebrewing. And ironically, some of the best feedback they got out of Beer for Dummies was on those chapters. So they came back to me again and said, okay, now we want a book just on homebrewing. So that led to Homebrewing for Dummies. And, uh,
2: yeah, the Homebrewing for Dummies, and and the nice thing about those books, you can get them – like anywhere, like any any like independent bookstore or online as well, or at the Brewers Association bookstore. But then the um, the judging Judge Beer Like a Pro, uh, you actually self published that, which I think is very smart. How difficult or much was that? A lot easier.
1: Um, it was actually a lot easier. I mean, there, there was a little bit of a learning curve. I did this through Amazon, and uh, it, it happened to be during COVID, and that's pretty much the impetus for me doing this. Um, I had a lot of material I already had set aside with the intent of someday writing a book. And when COVID hit, I thought, well, it's now or never. So I I just you know had to learn the process of working through Amazon and I produced it's really just a booklet, it's only 50 pages, but I but I do intend to uh increase the content. I I intend to do a second edition of it uh very soon as a matter of fact. And I may even I'm even looking into uh Producing it in different
2: languages as well. So th- this is uh, so we actually have um, the owner um, of Humboldt Cider in the studio with us as well, and I'm a cider judge also. But I don't think there's a, is there a cider for dummies? Do you know?
1: I don't think so. I. I haven't seen it.
3: Well, because only smart people drink cider.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, actually, the second cider uh, um, certification is going to be at Bear Bottle Brewing in San Francisco in August. So if anybody's wanting to. Uh, get their cider certification, which also helps lead to cider judging as well, or if you're in the business as well, uh, you can get a hold of me on the Bruhaha Facebook page um, or look on the um, American Cider Association and see about that. But I think either that, Marty, or maybe you're going to have to write one with maybe Peter Brown out of, a, out of the U.K.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, how's the craft beer scene in Chicago these days?
1: Um, I would say it's going gangbusters. Um, Despite COVID, despite the downturn in the industry, Chicago, even for a city its size, it was one of the last cities in the country to really get on the the craft beer uh, bandwagon. So even though it was late to the game, it really took off. Right now we have about approximately 200 breweries within city limits Another 100 or so within the greater metropolitan area. We now have over 300 in the state of Illinois, so I'd say we're doing okay.
0: What's the Chicago style for craft beer? Is there a Chicago style? Um, no. I would say that
1: uh, we have some very, very good lager breweries here. I would, say, I would put our lager breweries up against any in the country.
2: Well, and of course you have Goose Island there, which was one of the more famous ones. Probably one of the first big acquirements with, like, a, with you know, a big uh, brewery when Anheuser Busch bought them. But are they? Do they have a still a pretty big impact there?
1: Um, not as much as they once did, but I have to say that one thing they did for uh, not just local brewers but brewers across the country. They were more or less a petri dish for brewers, you know, the, the guys who actually make the beer, the guys and girls who make the beer. A lot of big-name breweries and a lot of big-name brewers across the country actually got their feet wet at Goose Island here in Chicago. So, I,
3: I actually uh, got my feet wet there, too. Um, <laughs> did you?
1: I, I grew up really? on the north
3: side in Glenview, and... uh my fake ID was pretty bad before 21, but but uh, Goose Island, uh, their, their brew pub on Clark Street was one of the few places that accepted it. So I was definitely uh, trying that when I grew up on the north side of the city. Decades ago. <laughs> What were you going to say, Peter? Oh no, I'm sorry. He threw me off because, as the owner of a cider company now, I'm like he like that is our worst nightmare, right? Exactly. Like somebody coming in underage drinker. But I want to ask about Lagunitas because you know we're here in Northern California. Lagunitas opened up a location in Chicago. Oh, uh, that's right. I really don't know what's going on there. Like, they just reopened the tap room I, I a few just weeks ago, too. They, yeah, they just okay, opened. so yeah, no, I, I was hoping Marty could share with us about what the feeling is about, you know, Lagunitas that started here in Northern California and, and what, is, you know, what it's doing there now.
1: Well, when it first opened up in Chicago going back, I don't know, like seven years, eight years ago, it was welcomed with open arms. It was huge. A lot of people were really looking forward to it. And it did have a huge impact when it got here. However, I'm, I'm sure you know that it's now Heineken-owned, so the, the uh, bloom is off the road. People are not, uh, they you know, it's, it's kind of like people don't really care that much, generally speaking.
0: That's Interesting. Interesting. Well, Marty, we appreciate you joining us on the Drive Brew. Ha ha. All the way from Chicago, it's Marty Nachel. If you want to learn more about Marty, what he does and the books he's written, you can go to his website. It's naturalbeereducation.com. Marty again, thank you for joining us on the Drive Brew. Thanks, and Marty.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate
0: it. That's it for the Drive Brew. We thank you for listening. We encourage you to go to brewhaha.radio.com where you can listen to all of the previous episodes of the Drive Brew.